In episode 2.1 of Unshuffled, we discuss the self-titled debut album from Pale Grey Law. But first, here's our awesome intro music from Seven Planets. Scotty D. Hey, man. How are things? Great. We've got ourselves a new band at last. We we do. We've now, although although we do, we have we have updates on on our old band, but yep. but yes, we're we're moving forward. Yeah, it's a onwards. Big, big moment in this the history of this podcast. <clears throat> we start round two. Yeah, round two. And- of- who knows how many? Right, three, right. This will be a short round, bro. Though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which we uh, have... kind of by choice, right? We 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 had that in mind when we made this decision. Let's get through a quick one, and then we've got a longer one coming up when we yeah. when we're done with these boys. Yes. Yes, we do. Hmm. But it'll, uh, it'll be it'll be. But good. yeah, Pale Grey Law is our band today. And it's exciting. And I kind of just as like I had fear of going out when I fir- you know, first left my property during, uh, last week after a couple of months, I've almost got fear of new band. I don't want, I don't know what the acronym is. <laughs> oh, can I really listen to someone else? <laughs> I, you know what? I, I found myself as I was listening the first time through this kind of panicking in a way because with atomic bitch wax i knew what to expect and i sort of even knew how to talk about it and i knew all of the 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 acting characters and this one it was all of a sudden i was like oh jeez i don't know what i'm gonna say (laughs) but i'm i'm in we'll see if i figured it out yeah i figured out something to say i hope so all right well yeah we will see um you know i'd even there's a lot i don't know about this band still so um Hopefully you can fill me in on a few gaps. Um, but yeah, we'll be looking at uh, the first album from Pale Grey Law tonight. Um, or today, your time. How are you going anyway? Good. Things are good. Things are, uh, at least on my end of the world, kind of starting to open up a little bit. Uh, yep. The sort of the fear factor has been dialed down. I'm talking with the, the virus. Right, not not the socio political situation that's happening, mm-hmm. uh, but the the virus fear factor seems to have gone down a bit. People are I'm, I'm in Vermont. Everybody's still they're sort of going about their business, but everybody's still doing it with face masks. I know that's not true for the rest of the country, but here mm. we were at uh, we were at a rally this past weekend, and everybody everybody had face masks and yeah. respecting the social distance. Uh, well done, well done, Vermont. <laughs> How about you? How are things? Yeah, good. I'm, uh, as you know, I'm a fan of Australian rules football, and uh, it's restarting tomorrow. Australia's got on top of this virus in a big way, and it's allowed them to restart their major sporting code. So it's happening tomorrow, the very first game since I think it was March the last time they played. And my team's playing, it's a huge game. So yeah, that's going to fill a pretty big, big void in my life. But uh, so, yeah, and it's a great chance. International listeners, if you've never watched Australian rules football, you got nothing else to watch, so you might as well tune in. What's that going to look like? It's not going to be in front of a live audience, I assume. No, an empty be, stadium. No, there'll be it will be an empty stadium. I think they're going to pipe in some crowd noises into the broadcast, just so it's not super weird. Hopefully, they get it at the right time and (laughs) I don't know how how that'll go down, but um, yeah, they're talking about having crowds before the end of the year, uh, which is the luxury of having got on top of this virus before it spread. But uh, yeah, that's, that's really exciting for me. So tune in, tune in Australian football. I don't know if I can get that from Vermont. I'll give it a go. 
just find it online somewhere. You'll find it's gotta it. be online I'll somewhere. I'll send you a link. Do it. Put on the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yes. let's well, let's remind people who we are first. We right, are sorry. unshuffled. Uh, we are looking track by track, album by album. Uh, we're working our way through different bands, and, and we've just finished our first band our, um, two podcasts ago. We finished up with the Atomic Bitchwax and, until they release a new album and love them. Um, and I've actually had a couple of sneaky back listens to the Atomic Bitchwax just in the last couple of weeks too. I must say I, I've been so reluctant to leave them, leave them that I you know, I went from my first drive and, and my driving choice was the Atomic Bitchwax. Um, I've also... My- I would say my uh, copy of Gravitron showed up on on vinyl. So yep. that was it, again it, again with the purple vinyl. Purple, yeah. Um, I was going to say. I guess it's going to be purple, right? They're they're a fan, but I kind I kind of am too. Yeah. Mm. Uh, again, you can't listen to that until you get until you get back here to your record player. Right. Right. Um, but good to have nice nice little keepsake. I tried. I put it on a thumbtack and just spun it really fast. Yeah. <laughs> I hope I didn't hear anything. I hope I didn't ruin it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah. So anyway, we've got a new band. So uh, tonight we're looking at Pale Grey Law. Uh, we've decided to go for a band that's only had only got two albums out, uh, just to get another one in before we dive into another. Um, band with a lot more albums in Gojira, which will be the band after this, but we thought we'd just have a little short band in, in the meantime. Um, one of the things that appealed to us about Pale Grey Law was that their second album is on one of our favourite labels, um, Small Stone. The first album, though, wasn't. Uh, that was a self-titled release, so maybe you can tell us a little bit about the first album that we'll be talking about tonight and, you know, where the band's from and all the rest. So what do you got for us, Scotty? All right. So uh, it is, this came out on June 18th. Wow. It's almost, a, almost what, four years ago to the day, uh, June 18th of 2016. And I cannot find much information. So as, as I, as it seems, Right now, you can only get the vinyl through Oak Island Records, yeah. and then the, you can—they must have their own independent digital release. But as far as a physical copy of who's distributing the CDs, it doesn't seem that anybody is, as far as I can tell. Yeah, I couldn't find the CDs. Big Cartel was the website that had the vinyl, um, but yeah, I've, I've had to get the digital copy of this, unfortunately. But I would have loved the CD if, if anyone out there knows where to get it please let uh please email us or let us know they're from ohio and everything about this first album seems pretty um ohio centric yep it's uh, Columbus, produced right? yes and it was produced by andy sartain who's worked with just and then i looked through and a ton of other bands from Ohio from that area is mm-hmm. who, who he sort of worked with. Um, I, I have no information as to where it was recorded at. I assume I, I, if I could have dug a little deeper into Andy Sartain, it's probably some studio that he works out of with regularity. Uh, some Aaron White is one of the big names that he works with. I'm not familiar with, but lots of stuff involving with this guy. Um, and then the lineup. So <laughs> this is where there was some confusion is because if, if you look at the videos that we're posting in the show notes, it's clearly a four piece. Yes. However, the lineup, the only names I've got suggest a three piece. Mm. And so what we'll find out, I guess, moving forward is, is the fourth member is this a touring guitar player who's there to sort of fill out the sound. Cause as I was going through and listening to a lot of the songs, it, it was one of those where this sounds really full here and what will it sound like live and so did they add a touring guitar player to sort of fill in that sound or are they now a four piece you know, on the second album hmm. so we'll, we'll find out later i guess but the the lineup as now is michael miller on vocals guitar and theremin is a 
some theremin interludes in there. Yeah. Um, Donovan Johnson on bass, and then Adam Miller may or may not be a brother. <laughs> Miller's pretty common yeah. name on yeah. uh, drums. Um, have you been to Columbus? I don't think so. I mm. think as far as Ohio, I've only ever been. I think just Cincinnati and Cleveland. Right. In fact, we're 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 about to drive cross country in a week, and we're we're going to stay in Cleveland for the night. Okay. Well, you should have gone no, through Columbus. I know. No, I've not been to Columbus. And if you look at actually, I was looking at their last several shows, and their last several shows have all been in uh columbus as well so it seems like they're still pretty pretty rooted to yeah. to their home base yeah now i've seen some i've had some impressive supports and it's, it's, even back back in the day back when they were you know back around the time of this album they were supporting some really good bands it looks like a really good scene there in columbus that's why i'm asking it seems like the, there's a really cool arty scene a really cool music scene um i think the uh cover art have you got anything on the cover artist? I think I he's a local Columbian. Yep. What do you call him? Columbans? Columbian? I don't know. <laughs> Columbuson? I'm not <laughs> sure. I don't know. Um, it's uh, Joel Chastain is his name. Yeah. And um, it, I, as far as the cover, look, here's my thing about the cover. If, yeah. if I am a local band and I'm releasing my first independent release, and this was my cover, I would have been absolutely excited by this cover. Yeah. I get where the cover that we see on the next album, and we'll talk about that when we talk about the next album, is definitely a step up. Yeah. But if, you know, if this was my band and this was our first album, I would, have, I would absolutely love that cover. I think it's a cool cover. I love it. <clears throat> There's a link. I'll put a link on the show notes to some of his other work. He's a, he's a good... Good artist. I like his stuff. Yeah, there was another Matter of Planets, I think, was another band he'd worked with. Yeah, he's done some cool concert posters and, yeah, just I, I really like his his, his style. Um, and, yeah, I, from the gigs that I've seen, I, I think Columbus is – see, my I've never been to the U.S., but my fascination with the U.S. is not with New York and, and the big cities. My fascination is with the smaller – um, the smaller places like, I mean, I've always wanted to go to Portland. I guess that's still a big city, but places like Columbus and, um, you know, just the, I prefer to go to, um, Amarillo than, um, than Dallas or, you know, I, I want to see some of the, the lesser known places and a place like Columbus, I think would be really interesting to spend a week there and go and see a band and get a feel for it. I will say that as someone who has spent, a pretty significant amount of time in a Midwestern university town. They, they're just these little, yeah, as you'd said before, just kind of like these oases of, of artistic communities kind of amidst all this farmland. And it's, I grew up in Iowa city, um, but Columbus is home to Ohio state. And yeah. so it's, it's just sort of that there's sort of those little thriving artistic scenes kind of in these, in these city limits and within these confines that are usually quite cool. I yeah. know w when I was growing up in Iowa city, I had just missed basically any band that was on its way, you know, to the, to whatever they came through Iowa city on that first leg of the tour before they, before they sort of took off. And yeah. they would play at a club where we used to play at all the time. And I, I imagine Columbus, I've never been, but it's probably the same thing. You know, yeah. you're catching bands just right before they hit and you're seeing them in just these little, little dark clubs. Yeah. Yeah. Be, be cool. I, and I'm wondering if this is a band, is a uni band. Hmm. That's a good question, actually. I wonder too. Yeah. I haven't seen anything in the interviews to say that it is, but it right. really surprised me. If it's something that came out of university, so, you know, some right. bunch of mates at university. Huh. Yeah, no, I don't know. I didn't see that either. Um, you can definitely, whatever drew them together, uh, you can you can definitely hear the influences on this album. Yeah. Some, uh, yeah, and I'll occasionally perhaps uh, a little too much, uh, you know, they wear their influences on their sleeve, as they say, but maybe it's sometimes it's a little too much on their sleeve. Um, would be my 
a small criticism. I don't want to start on a negative. Um, but yeah, their influences are, are pretty obvious. Yeah, um, I. But, but with, they're good good bands to be influenced by. Having said, that. oh, absolutely. And yeah. with that, I was listening to. Uh, so um, there's a, a a music podcast, and I'm absolutely drawing a blank right now on uh, Broken Record, and and and. I was listening to that and Rick Rubin does some really interesting interviews where he kind of gets in deep to whoever it is he's talking to. And several of the most recent, well, working on the house, I've been listening to it. And several of the most recent ones have been with singers. And a lot of them have been talking about how early on, if you go back and listen to their early works, it before they had figured out what their voice was, it was them imitating their influences. Right. And so while it is really on the nose on this album, I found myself because um, just because I was listening to these conversations with Rick Rubin going, oh, OK, this is that first album. This is that first album where the band, you know, four five albums down the road and you're talking to Michael Miller, the singer. And he's like, oh, yeah, I was maybe I don't know. But I, sort of this, I guess, is where he works that out. Yeah. And well, interestingly, his, the vocal style changes from song to song. It absolutely the accent changes from song to song. I was wondering if they were changing singers. I I did too. There were a couple. It was uh, and I'll talk about it when we get to it. But there was a couple. Was like, wait, where did they find this English guy? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) I I made a note of that too. The English (laughs) accent. Speaking of English, I noticed they've got the English spelling of of grey. I did too, and and the only reason I actually noticed that was because you didn't comment on it. (laughs) <laughs> the correct spelling, I should right. say. Right. <laughs> it was when it dawned on me that it had escaped your your critical your critical well, eye no, that I was like, oh, that's why. Uh, no, it didn't escape my eye. I, I didn't make a note <laughs> of the fact that they spelt it correctly, and I was happy for them. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, I did notice, and I also, as you said, did notice a, a little sort of English tint, of, you know, in the vein of a very well-known English. Uh, singer on a couple of the songs. Um, the I don't know, you, you didn't know where the studio was, but I did quite like the production on the album all the same. Um, nice big guitar sound throughout. I did too. There's one song, and I'll talk about when we get to it, where it seems to fall off. It just... It, and I don't know if that was intentional. We'll talk about it when we get to it. But there is, I agree. I really like the production value of it. But then all of a sudden, there's one song where it just dips. Okay. Oh, yeah. Fill me in when we get to it. I didn't, I didn't note it. Um, but yeah, nice. I mean, you need, you know, you're going to have this genre. You need a big guitar sound, and they, they bring that. Um, a lot of, and the, Again, as well as this vocal style changes, the effects on the vocals change from song to song, um, which is a little distracting perhaps, but it, it does give a bit of variation throughout. Uh, the drums are nice and big, thundering sort of drums. Um, I found the leads, the lead guitar got a little bit lost from time to time. I don't know yeah. about you. Yeah, no, um, I, um, But I like the sound of it all the same, wherever it was recorded. I did just as a note of something that I didn't have a second ago. I did just find a LinkedIn account for an Andy Sartain, who's an owner of Mindfield Recording Studio in Columbus, Ohio. Oh, there you go. That's got to be him, right? Yeah, that'll be him. So, yeah, yeah let's assume it was recorded there. Write that in. Hmm. All right. Shall we uh, bust into the track by track? Let's do it. Uh, all right. The first song is called The Conjuration. So we get a nice little bit of feedback to start the album. Uh, I followed by a big thundering drum sound and then uh, just the big riff. I thought, I, thought, I thought this was a cool first song. Yeah, it's the way to open. When I first put it on and this was this was what I heard, it was just sort of, okay, all right. And this song... I, it it was in the run as far as you know favorite songs on the album. This this song is up there, um, yeah. and and it dawned on me that it's up there when 
I found myself singing the song in the shower quite a bit, <laughs> actually. Oh, thanks for that image. <laughs> Sorry. But this is the song that I was humming in my head when I was yeah. going no, mine was life in the hive, actually. So there you go. We'll get to that next. But yeah, yeah. Um, great riff. Um, one thing that stood out for me in both this and the next song was just the catchiness of the chorus. I did not expect, and you know, that shows in the fact that we were singing these, you know, as we went about our daily lives. Catchy is not something you normally associate with doom. No, <laughs> no. But I'm not, they I'm not terribly real... familiar with, sorry, with psychedelic doom, so maybe catchy is, is in psychedelic doom. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, I agree. Maybe that's the difference, but um, the chorus, they've got a real art for writing a, a chorus that just sticks in your brain afterwards. And um, often with a little bit of a backing vocal behind it too, just to add to the catchiness. But um, yeah, really good. A simple first song. And simplicity is a theme that I'll come back to again and again. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't want simple, that, that can sound like a criticism if you call something simple. Um, it's not intended to be, um, but you know, simple in that the structure of the song is is fairly straightforward. You know, we've got four lines in the verses. We've got verse, chorus, verse, chorus, simple rhyming uh, pattern, um, and yeah, one just sort of basic riff uh, that ties it all together. So, still very effective. And and uh, I was really when I first put this on, I was so happy. It's like, yeah, well, this was a great choice. So. Uh, clearly a good opening track as well. The what, what I like about the way the lyrics, the lyrics aren't structured in a way where if you look at them and the lyrics are available on Bandcamp and we've got links to that on the show notes. Um, but when you look at the lyrics, you look at the structure of the lyrics, it's not so obvious where the chorus is. So the, the lyrics sort of work as their own single entity. Mm. And, and, and I, I, I don't know, I kind of like just structurally how, when you're looking at the lyrics in isolation, how that sort of, how they've done that. It's not, it's not so obvious that, oh, here's the chorus break in the song. Yeah. yeah. Um, what is this? Oh, this is about, I, I can't remember the topic of this song. Um, he, he uses, it's, it's, I think, I think, so what, what they seem to be doing here is a lot with um, kind of, it, there's sort of that sci-fi element to it all, right? And 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 he uses all of these he uses so much visual imagery in the creation of the yeah. songs. And I, and I get the sense that the theme the theme of this album is is kind of about sort of just breaking free of conformity, which right. it, you know is 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 definitely not or is definitely a common theme in in, in metal, especially. Um, and and I think that theme kind of keeps popping up in most of these songs. And I was looking for whether or not this was sort of a concept album. Mm. I, don't, I don't think it is. I, I don't think it is. No, there are some common themes, but yeah, I don't think it's a concept album. But they could. Yeah. He, I mean, he he could easily, you know, once once he gets further along the way here, could yeah, easily. Yeah create a concept album because sure. sure. he, he's because he's creating a world and mm. and i think that that the 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 life in the hive if if we're ready to move on to that one yeah. that's yeah, where that's he really kind of now all of a sudden so the first one the conjuration we've got like this you know just kind of this visual imagery um but life in the hive now we've got conflict right so if we're building a story arc that's where yeah. we kind of see it in the second one yeah so this this had a real uh, sci-fi uh, vibe to these lyrics, I thought, um, and that idea of living in a society where you're being watched uh, all the time. Uh, again, we've got a simple riff here, um, some a nice rumbling bass line sitting underneath it. Um, we've got a tighter cymbal sound, so we've got a closed hi-hat as opposed to the splashy one on the first one. Again, we've got that huge catchy chorus with an Ah, uh, backing vocal, which, <laughs> again, I just wasn't expecting, but I really liked it when I heard it. Um, and we get the theremin here. I'm not sure if – I didn't catch any theremin on the first track, but we got it here just before the final chorus. Uh, so that adds to the list. So um, I've already got it by um, 
what are we going to buy? Um, oh, Jesus. <laughs> for our band. We're going to have a vibra slap and uh, what's that keyboard thing with the tapes what? attached to it? I know when I feel the Chris, ashamed the that I'm the Mellotron. <laughs> so our band's going to have a Mellotron, a vibra slap, and now a theremin. <laughs> um, but yeah, this was the catchy one, catchiest one for me. I think this is my favorite track. This is the one that I've come away from remembering. Um, I'm I'm a big science fiction fan, and I love the lyrics here. You know about um, you know living in a hive, and and but he's also they're trying to blend in and but resist the mind control. I I, um, I like the lyrics. I like the imagery. My only complaint was the guitar solo towards the end was was kind of buried. Um, but yeah, a really it, me memorable and, and catchy song with some with some great imagery in the lyrics. So I um, this also is in the running for of the, the favorite songs. Um, that and and so I, I wondered about that the guitar solo being buried if that was intentional to sort of take the focus off it because it starts with that guitar riff like that peter Framptony guitar riff at the beginning that doesn't isn't really the feel i get for the rest of the song which which is a good thing um and so i don't know maybe that one but yeah it, the, the guitar at the end and the guitar at the beginning don't totally match up mm. But you liked it. I did like it. I think this, this, and the conjuration, and then, and then another one, which I'll mention later, are the there are three of them that I really keep going back and forth to on this right. album. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to Black Sun Rise. So here's where the vocals make a sudden switch, and um, yeah, I mean, this is <laughs> I thought, man, that's just Ozzy Osbourne is just yeah as. Uh, taken over this man's soul or something. Kind of. <laughs> it, this one, this one and the last track are just, are, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I don't know if they, Ozzy Osbourne phoned in the vocals or, but yeah, you could definitely, yeah. um, this one. And I didn't, I, did you I have, need to go. Sorry, did you have an Ozzy, did you have a Sabbath song in mind that it reminded you of or just Ozzy generally? Cause I, I'd written down a, a particular song that I thought of. But. This one actually, it reminded me of, um, Ozzy Osbourne singing, fronting Soundgarden. Oh. It was sort of that that C sharp tuning, right? Um, yeah. So okay, that was that was where I went with this. Okay. Now the vocals reminded me of uh, Electric Funeral was the song. But anyway. Oh yeah. Hmm. yeah. Yeah. I could hear. I can hear that. Yeah. Which one is it on? Is that on four? No, nah, it's on the first one, isn't it? Is it on the first one? I think so. I don't know. All right. Anyway, sure. Yes. We should know this. Um, I mean, every metal band's been influenced by Black Sabbath. I mean, there isn't one that hasn't been, and most of them, or many of them, are pretty shameless about it. Um, so it's okay. Like, I, I don't have a problem with it. I just thought on the first two tracks, he'd really established himself as a as a really uh, good singer, and then to make the sudden switch to Aussie Aussie style was a bit jarring to me. Yeah, I I agree. Um, but this one, and I don't know. Th this is the first song that I noticed that they were tuned to C sharp. Um, I they do like the C sharp tuning, which is sort of that kind of doomy Black Sabbathy Soundgarden-y sound. Um, I definitely didn't notice it in Life in the Hive, and I, I guess I would need to go back and listen to the Conjuration to see if it started there. But this this kind of might be where that sort of that element of their sound kicked off. And this is also where I kind of realized there's, their build is sort of psychedelic doom. And maybe that shows up more on the second album. And there are little elements, but I didn't really, I guess, notice the psychedelic part so much in this song. Mm. Um, and I think the psychedelic element is seems to be all just Michael Miller, right? It seems to be either on the guitars or the theremin that yeah. is bringing that to play. Um, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I think it's just having a theremin makes you psychedelic. Um, <laughs> they, these are the darkest lyrics so far. I mean, this we were talking human sacrifice in this one. 
<laughs> yes, we are. Um, so that's Doomy. <laughs> that is Doomy. Uh, yeah, I, I really like the song, actually. It's a crushing riff. I, I really liked it. It's just a shame that the vocals were a little uh, distractingly similar to Ozzy. Yeah. Mm. Which now moves us into Spiders. Yep. Okay, so we now are taking a whole other turn. Yeah. And and so I feel like there's this do you remember it was this form of it was before Britpop, right? Britpop kind of came I guess with maybe like your Oasis and your Blur. And mm. and before that there was sort of they called it I think they called it like the Madchester sound, but then there was also sort of like this shoegaze. Mm. And this this is where I sort of hear those influences. Like maybe like early Stone Roses, kind of this this '90s British music scene, but not not like the Oasis Blur Britpop thing. Okay, that's interesting because yeah, I I was looking for parallels as well, and they were not in the metal. The guitar sound reminded me of my favorite REM album, which is Monster. So that that shimmering yeah, yeah. Um, guitar effect, I thought it. Re and brought back that album for me. I actually went back and listened to a couple of songs off Monster just to say, hang on, is that am I right in thinking that? I was like, yeah, it's not, not that far off. So that would have been around the same time. Yeah. Uh yeah, as 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 the um as the Stone Roses, yeah. And I I mean that I think most metalheads probably like that uh, have that as their favorite REM album because it, you know, it's the darkest and, and the most guitar y. Right, right. Um, and, and we got we have a different English singer now. So we <laughs> we had yeah. Ozzy on the last one, and now we've got sort of like a I don't know what was that guy from like Suede, Brett Anderson, or whatever. I mean, it's just kind of like this different this different British lead singer has stepped in. Yeah, that kind of reverby, dreamy vocal vocals. Um, the other band that this song brought to mind, as much for its simplicity as anything, was. A uh, fairly obscure sort of offshoot of sleep called the Sabians. I don't know if you've ever heard of them all. Um, it was so mm -hmm. two members of sleep. One of them went off to become a monk um, oh. for like seven years, lived in a monastery somewhere, and another one, uh, I think he played in Arm or some other band, and they kind of hooked up a few years later and, and in this band called the Sabians. But it was quite simple. Slow. It certainly wasn't doom. Mm -hmm. um, but just kind of a simple rock, but really good. And again, simple is not bad. Um, so this reminded me of the Sabians a little bit as well. So perhaps I'll put a link to a Sabian song on the show notes if you <laughs> want to follow up that link. Um, yeah. Did you like the song? Yeah, I did. But there, I mean, it was okay. There were of the, so there are three songs that I kind of tagged as their, as their little sort of shoegaze. Mm. For it. And this is the first of those songs. Mm -hmm. um, this isn't my favorite of their of their dance into shoegaze, though. Okay. It, the next song, "She Radiates," yep. Which is <laughs> this felt like this one feels like this could have even been uh, a, a hit on the British, you know, alternate music charts back in the 90s but this is the third one of this when i was telling you of the songs where i just kind of keep coming back to right it, it, it's this one and i i i like i like this song like <laughs> i'd like she radiates i yep. could see where well I'll, I'll leave it there but anyway this is the second of the of the shoe gaze all right the yeah so this has the theremin in the uh, opening stanza Sounds like a love song to some. I, at first, I thought it was, mate. You know, is it a song to a sorceress or a female spirit? I ended up deciding it was a, a love song to his electric heater. <laughs> if you read the lyrics, it kind of works. <laughs> and you'd probably need one in Columbus, wouldn't you? Uh, you would sure would. Yeah. <laughs> you sure would. And you'd probably really love it. See, that makes me like this song even more. Red locks of fire <laughs> that shift and flow. Silver silver attire, shimmering glow. You know, they have that sort of silver back to them. Uh-huh, uh-huh. glow red. Arms, she radiates. 
So it's like one of those little portable space heaters that you just sort yeah. of drag with you from room to room. Yeah, yeah you put a blanket around your shoulders and sit next to the <laughs> write a song about it. I like it. Hmm. Um, this is this is also a song I, I would love to hear. And I, from what I can tell, it, it doesn't seem like they played this song live. Um, but I think this song with like a, just a deeper, richer, low end. Not necessarily the the bait, just the low end in general needs to be sort of deeper and richer, kind of fill out the sound. This could be a cool song in a small club. Yep. Yep. Mm. No, I liked it. And I, I quite liked the those that block of two. I, I didn't mind the, that shift to shoegazing. And variation's good. I'm happy with the variation. Mm. I thought there was enough variation on this album to maintain my interest throughout. Uh, we get on to Ruins next. So this is the one where I felt that the um, recording quality or production quality changed for better or for worse. I don't know. But this one feels um, this one feels more raw. Yeah, it's certainly and, raw. Yeah. And, and this one feels like if if any of these songs was played with you know, just in one take, everybody set up, let's go, let's do this. It, it was this one. Um, it almost was something like just, you know, being in, in bands in university, th this would be the one that, you know, your, your buddy brings out the tape and says, this is a song we just recorded, you know, and he pops it in the car and, and you listen to it. It kind of had that sort of just even that raw feel to it. Like I was listening to it on, on the tape deck in my, yeah, to 1999 Ford Focus or whatever I was driving at the time. <laughs> a little nostalgia for you. <laughs> I didn't know you had a Focus. There I you go. Two. I had one. I had one in Spain too. Yeah, two Foci. I know, and I didn't didn't intentionally buy either one. They were just the only card I could afford at the time. Uh, you're only supposed to have one Focus. Hmm. <laughs> Um, by definition, um, uh, so there were, I mean, yeah, the, the sort of fantasy lyrics in ruins, some black winged creature destroying the world or a city or something, maybe a little bit high schoolish, the lyrics, but they suited them, the music. I, I you know, I, I didn't mind the song as, as a change in pace. I didn't notice the production drop as much as you did. So. You know, maybe I'll pick that up next time. Maybe you've just ruined it for me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I thought it was—I thought it was fine. I, I thought it worked, and I liked the the pacing change. They—they they still play this one live. Do they? Yeah, from what I've seen. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, all right. So then uh, we move on to "Woe Betide Us." Cool. This is the title. The third of the shoegaze trilogy. Yeah, and this is the English guy comes back. Although this one's yeah. not Aussie. This one I thought was more um, Oasis than Aussie. It's the same guy from She Radiates, right? Yeah, I, okay. Yeah, I, it's it's that English-sounding style anyway. Right. Um, this one has cool little bass runs in the chorus. Uh, yeah. It's got a trippy little guitar solo here. They earn that psychedelic tag. The, yeah, um, I, like the, I like the guitar solo in this, uh, at the end. They They also still play this one live. Okay. I like the backing vocals, and I wonder, are they – I think they're him. I think it's just him overdubbing his own vocals. Right. Michael Miller. Okay. Which uh, is where, if that's true – so this is – by the time I'd gotten to this point in the album, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, uh, as I was listening, it's like, well, if they're a three-piece, how do they pull this off live, right? Does it just sound thin? Mm. Or – so that must be where – if this fourth guy comes in, this is where he fills it out. He adds the vocals. He adds more guitar, mm. etc. I suspect we'll see a fourth guy on the next album. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's my suspicion. I, you know, just my, I have no inside knowledge. <laughs> um, but, you know, the fact that there's four guys, when you see them live, I, I figure that um, they've recorded something and then found someone who can fill the bill. Right. Um, uh, so yeah, I quite, I quite like Woe Betitis. Uh, the lyrics in this one are about passing through some gate into another dimension or something like that. 
that interdimensionality is a theme that's come up a couple of times. But he's still, he lays heavy, lays thick on the imagery, which yeah. if if he's creating worlds, which he seems to be, is, I, yeah, all right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't mind it. Passing through the gate. Spiraling galaxies or something. Yeah, that was, that was fine. Kaleidoscope uh, flame. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Mm -hmm. And uh, just the title, Wobatitis. That's cool. Hmm. Um, now, the next song, Tell the Masters. This one's and uh, a couple of – towards the end, we they start singing more about environmental destruction. Right, rivers of black tar. Yeah, so this seems to be um, about some vision of the future where someone's looked forward into the future and foreseen the rivers of black tar and the, and the scars on the earth. And they're now telling the masters that you serve, there must be a change of plan. So there is a, uh, maybe there are a bunch of greenies as well. Um, or maybe they're just wise and, and we should listen to them, maybe, you know, one or the other. It, um, well, I, the, I wondered, because so it's got the, it starts with that kind of Halloween-y howling wind at the beginning. Yep. Um, and it's sort of the the mood, I guess, that it set for me was kind of similar to Cormac McCarthy, The Road. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that had any connection to what was in, in his head while he was writing, but it was just sort of that vast, desolate emptiness that, you know, we've yeah. no, 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 no return from. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, at this stage... Uh, those shoegazy ones are kind of we've kind of left those behind a bit now. Mm -hmm. We're into some back into some more traditional doomy territory. This one that lowest sonically that low end that was missing and she radiates is definitely sonically this song is is better balanced mm -hmm. if if that makes sense. Yep. Uh, and then we get into Grave Future, which... Uh, Here comes Ozzy again. Yeah, now we're back to being Sabbath-y. Right. But now we're faster Sabbath, so we're more like St. Vita's Dance or something. Right, right. Um, and again, so here, we're, again, we're singing about environmental destruction. I'm focusing on the lyrics, but you know, excuse me for that. It's nice to have a lyric sheet for once, i, I got to say. Uh, <laughs> you know, we're, uh, sort of intergenerational equity is the theme here. With with the guys going ooh in the background, <laughs> as you do. <laughs> um, a, yeah, but then at the end, it's like, well, we're all we're all stuffed, but just sit back and enjoy the ride. Uh, on a sinking no sure insight, sit back and enjoy the ride. So, I don't know if that's a message of hope or just resignation to finish the album. It's, yeah, right. Or combination. Um, it, it, well, it does kind of, there is, um, yeah, it kind of abruptly ends, right? I mean, where there's a couple key changes in this song, more so than in any of the other songs, actually. And mm -hmm. then and then it just kind of ends on that. Yeah. As they're going through the solos, a couple key changes, and then just done. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I did feel like there was, there, it would have been nice to have a longer song in here somewhere and a bit of, you know, they call themselves psychedelic or someone calls them psychedelic, but I would have liked a, you know, a 10-minute trip out at some point just to sort of mix it up, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm still, I'm giving them that this is the first album. Yeah. This is, they're sort of, they're sorting through all of that. Like, I kind of, I miss, I miss instrumentals. <laughs> I didn't, here it is. Yeah. I'm looking at this going, I miss, I miss a good instrumental number here to round it out. Yeah. Uh, with, uh, yeah, well. Um, like it, it's a simple. The, the, there's nowhere on this where you think, "Wow, that song's incredible." Uh, you know, technically, hmm. um, and that's okay. I mean, you think about even the greatest bands in history. Generally, the first album almost always is the simplest. You think about Led Zeppelin's first album. I mean, what quite a simple. You know, just old blues riffs. Um, Black Sabbath's first album was simple. Um, you know, you could go on, you know, think of any big band. Their first album generally was 
the simplest and, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I am looking forward to their second one. I'm, I'm not sure that I'm going to come back to this over and over. This will be something that I'll think of from time to time and I'll probably play my favourite tracks off it. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about the deep... Uh, I'm not sure how many deep cuts there are that I'll... I'll seek out and maybe maybe i don't know um certainly those first two songs are are strong and i'm i'll be happy to hear them and i'm sure i'll find myself saying i want to hear that life in the hive or whatever um and maybe sort of spiders and she radiates just um as something a bit different um but i'm not sure after that in this album if there's much i'll be coming back to yeah, I, I, I'm curious to hear the next album. I don't think the next album is going to sound. I, I suspect it's going to be different. Yeah, well, it's on. Right. It, you know, they've got a label now. Um, Three years have passed between the two albums, yeah. so I mean, and then if you look at if you look at what they're playing live, um, they're really playing very little off this album. There mm. seemed to be. Uh, very little. I mean, nobody's keeping the. I mean, like I said, it looks like it's the physical. The only physical you can get is off of Oak Island Records, which I don't know if we dig through. Is that also a Columbus label? Don't know. So I mean, I, I don't know. I, I kind of get the sense that there's this sort of wiping the slate and starting over with this next, with yeah. the second album. Having said that, I mean, if you are. Uh put yourself in the shoes of small stone. Can you see what they, you know, do you see what they saw in them? Can you see why they would sign them and um, put some money into film clips and a nice, some nice fancy vinyl? I'd need to see them live. Yeah. Like I'm I'm willing to bet there's, um, I mean, there's definitely elements here in in the song where yes, Mm. but I, I would definitely like to see them live. Mm. Yep. Um, I'm, I think the second album is where we'll see a lot of the elements, the, the promising elements come together. I'm really, I'm really looking forward to the second album. This hasn't, it's certainly, I, I don't want to give the impression that I didn't like this album. I did. And I was, I had a right. lot of fun with it over the last couple of weeks and the, and the, and the really good tracks off this are really good. Um, so yeah, I think they've set it up nicely. I think this was, okay, can we produce an album? What, you know, yeah, all right. We did, we did it. Like, and there's some really good songs on there that, um, so yeah, I just hope they sort of bed down the the vocals and stick to the first, the style that we saw in the first two songs rather than chopping and changing. Um, I love the idea that we're going to, um, that the you know I thought the theremin worked well when it came in, and I'd like mm-hmm. to see that. I think that can be worked in even better on the second album. I'd like to, as you said, see a, a few more psychedelic elements, and and the fact that Small Stone are playing up that aspect of them sus- makes me suspect we will see a little more true psychedelia, and perhaps some longer songs and some sort of tripped out bits, hopefully. Uh, and he's, I mean, lyrically you know so he, he is he's like playing with just this whole idea of imagery and creating these worlds and, mm. and and the songs seem to be sort of existing in these worlds where you know not to go back to big bitch wax but cosmic sort of his lyrics were more and maybe the reason we didn't get lyric sheets but he was playing more with sort of the sounds of words right the oral quality of the words and and, and, and the lyrics almost sort of served as another kind of rhythmic instrument yep Whereas, whereas here, uh, sorry, go back to uh, Miller is he's he is as I said he's sort of painting a picture and yeah, and kind of taking you in to see it. Mm. Yep. Um, mm. So yeah, I enjoyed it. I'm I am hopeful that we'll see some some growth in the second album. I'm pretty sure we will. But I I had a lot of fun with this along the way. Um. So well done, Pale Grey Law. Mm-hmm. If, I, if I ever get to Columbus, 
Oh, uh, who's the hockey team there? The Blue Blue Jackets, is it? I don't oh. know. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I was yeah. just mapping out, and I it's there's no way I'm no. gonna make it to Columbus. It's it's not on my route. I've got I've got two toddlers in the back seat. There there will be no there will be no detours. No, 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 no. <laughs> so, sorry, Pale Grail. Or next time. Well, they're not gonna be playing anyway. Nobody's playing. That's right. But you could go sit by the heater for a bit. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah enjoyed it uh if you're interested in it, it and i mean it's hard to get anyway but you can get it off Bandcamp. seven bucks i think uh us was the download and i think it's mm -hmm. worth well worth the seven dollars um and i'm sure it'll come up again in in future and i'll listen to this and go yeah yeah that was good and it's worth spending some time with it um and I, I'm also thinking, I'm, I'm imagining it will be worth it because we could have just listened to Eschatology, right? We could have just jumped straight in. Look, Small Stone, new album, Doom, sounds good. Let's listen to Eschatology. But now we go into that knowing where they've come from. And I think it's going to set up that next album for us nicely. I agree. I do agree. Um, and that again, that's one of the nice things about what we're doing is that we're not just picking and choosing, but we're picking a band and starting at the start so that we get to fully appreciate the growth along the way. And I, I think that really adds to it. Hmm. So yeah. That's something I want to keep doing, e even if this podcast, even if it gets so popular that we have to stop doing it, uh, hmm. which is looking increasingly likely. All right. Uh, I mean, where we, start, where we start making too much money off of advertisements. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where um, the the fans are just bombarding us with yeah, yeah we just yeah. can't go front door anymore. Uh, but I, I still want to, you know, wh whichever band I'm choosing, I don't want to just pick an album halfway through their career. But if I decide a band is good enough to listen to, as we did with Pale Grey Law, I want to start at the start and step my way through their career and and give each album the time to understand where they were at that point in time, and then that then allows you to appreciate more where they go you know two or three years well, well it's going to be interesting and we've not we've not talked about this and it's something that i've wondered i started actually wondering as i was listening to this album because uh eschatology which we'll go into next time uh came out less than a year ago mm -hmm. and so as you know i mean you know it might be another two or three years before pale gray lore comes out again but yeah. if if this thing is still going if, if our podcast is still moving do we do we go back and pick up those bands? You know, so yeah, once we get like four, four or five bands in, and all of a sudden, Pale Grey Lore or Gojira or Atomic Bitchwax releases another album, we kind of, of just we jump do. back in. Yeah. Absolutely, we do. All right. Executive decision. <laughs> no, I'm on board. I, I like it. I mean, we are going to do it, right? Because yeah. Atomic Bitchwax, we now have a new release date, June yep. 30th, which mm -hmm. we'll see. But yeah, I guess that perhaps doing a quick backslide into Atomic Bitchwax before we go into Gojira. Yeah. Well, maybe right. we'll get to the point where we've done so many bands that our podcast just becomes reviewing bands that we've already done, reviewing their new albums. Who knows? Right, right, right. Just keep popping up every week. Huh. Um, All right. Uh, did I get so your favorite happens. song off the album? I'm not sure you ever picked one. So I, did, I had my, my trio there. I didn't I, – I, I like want to narrow it down? I can do that. Um, if I have to narrow it down, it's gonna. It's I, I hesitate to say this because you, you already said it. It would be life in the hive. Right. Um, but but the conjuration, life in the hive, she radiates. I, those are the three that I find myself coming back to. Yep. All right. Life in the hive got me wanting to read a science fiction novel. I'm I'm gonna go and start one. I think tonight. I actually I have the last of N.K. Jemison's Broken Earth trilogy. Ah, uh, yeah, you've been talking about. I'm that. gonna I. So book three, I'll start that probably. I've got another book that I need a couple more days of before I finish it. But okay, I, you should, I, I, in fact, it's you. You have the key to my house. The the first <laughs> book's in my house. Go get it. All right. Yeah, I'll just sit on sit in your lounge chair and read it. Do it. <laughs> there's still there's still uh, beverages in there too, unless you've already got those. But I'll put some vinyl. <laughs> do it. Mm. Um. Band Brownlow, we need to we need to yep. nominate some some Band Brownlow votes. 
Uh, so this is start- tricky given that we don't even know if there are three or four pieces at this point. Uh, yeah, I know. So we might be unfairly leaving one person out. But yeah. I think I'm pretty confident that they were three piece on the recording of this album. All right. So you think uh, the guitarist doubled up? He, yeah, yes. That's okay. what I think. Right. Um, and I wonder if they brought in more of a lead player. So that's that's the other thing I'm wondering. Are we going to get um, more sort of, I don't want to say shitty, uh, but more, um, I, don't, I don't know what the word I'm looking for to describe it, but, but more, lead, you know, stronger lead yep. guitar on the next album. More specialized. More specialized. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, so here we go. I started with, uh, at the top, my three points go to Michael Miller. Yeah, he created this world that we're lost in, and um, yeah. and so by, by, to to me that was. And then as far as the the, the bottom, uh, my my number two or my two point position, I, I really wrestled with whether to give it to the bass player Donovan Johnson or the drummer Adam Miller, um, and I went. I'm I'm gonna go with Donovan Johnson, the bass yeah. player on this. Uh, it, it, it's. It's close, but I feel that, um, you know, there's some moments where he kind of, he shows us a little bit of, of what he can do in the chorus. A lot of the bass is, is pretty straightforward, but he's got some, there's a, there's a fuzz there somewhere. Um, he kind of plays with the bass sounds a little bit. And so my, my, my two spot will go to Donovan Johnson and then Adam Miller for the one point. Yeah, no, um, mine are exactly the same. Miller, Johnson, a, oh, M. Miller, Johnson, A. Miller. Um, for exactly the same reasons. I, don't, I think Michael is... and um, Yeah, I hope. I just hope those vocals... I, I just hope he picks his style next album, but, you know, I'll stop going on about that. But, yeah, really liked the picture he created, and it, it seems like he's the driving or the creative force. I might be wrong, but... Um, uh, you know, he seems like the leader of the band when you see the live footage. Um, I did like the bass at times. There were times where I, it stood out. I was like, oh, yeah, that's a nice little mm-hmm. bass line there. Or that, that, um, the, the drumming, I guess it's hard for Doom drummers. I mean, it, you know, you're never going to be, it's not like you're going to be the, the Mastodon guy or something. You know, you, there's just not that much. No, and you can't. Of, drummer gets to do really so yeah. uh, what he does he does just fine right and you can't you can't fill in the space with all of a sudden making i mean just that style of music doesn't and maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm missing something but i do i, I agree with you that there's yeah. kind of that that emptiness and that space needs to be respected in this genre yeah yeah, yeah. i mean what you need is a good sounding drum kit and the, certainly right. got that uh, and then just yeah you just need to just hang back and and leave enough room for the big crushing guitar sound, which we get at various times throughout this album. Um, is it Doom? Yeah, I mean, it, they certainly listen to Doom, right? Um, they, I, you can't. No, I don't think you can tag this with any one label mm. straight through. I think there are definite elements of doom. Um, I don't even know if it's doom. Maybe it's just like God. Uh, I mean, but they got the C sharp tuning. <laughs> that's that's one step. I, mm. I I couldn't call it psychedelic. I couldn't call it doom. I, it's mm. it's certainly not pop. Um, there's <laughs> no, it's not pop. There's kind of like a a, a crungy. Not grunge, but kind of cr- chunky, crungy sound to it. Um, I, I wouldn't, I can't straight forward. I think we would have to go back through and maybe label each song. Yeah. Or groupings of songs. Yeah, I can't, I just had that thought at the at one point. Is this really Doom? But I mean, it, the, the sound of the guitar, I guess, qualifies it as Doom and, and the pacing of most of the songs. But then I think of, I think of the sort of what I think of as the quintessential doom sound. I don't, uh, you know, I've never thought of doom being catchy, whereas this has some really catchy moments. So this has some really rocky bits, which I quite like. I mean, I'm not, I, 
I'm happy for it to um, to span different genres. Actually, I think that makes it interesting. But yeah, I'm not sure this is a true doom album. The generic labeling of this band, if you just Google them, is rock. Mm. Um, But if you look, if you go to uh, Small Stone, they call them garage. Psych, space rock, post punk, and stoner doom. Huh. Yeah, yeah, I can so. see. I I can see why they would be looking to pin a lot of different genres to it. It is it is fairly broad. I think it's, mm-hmm. it's a cross. Ah, here we go. I found it. Mm. Joined up in the summer of two thousand fourteen. So mm. was that before or after? Oh, wait a minute. That means he would be on here. No, 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 no. Sorry, 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 sorry. Xander Roseberry was added to the lineup in the winter of 2016. Okay. And Oak Island Records is an imprint of a German label. Yeah. Huh. All right. Well, we got those wrong. Huh. Uh, but we were, but we were right about the the the. It, so yeah, definitely a three piece. That when this was recorded, <laughs> and Xander Roseberry. That's kind of a. I, I'm kind of actually sorry that I've already named him my children. <laughs> Xander Roseberry. That's kind that's, of a that's badass great. name. <laughs> that's great. It's equal it's equal parts badass and also really nice. <laughs> very, very very gentle. <laughs> yeah. Um cool name. Um all right, so I'm looking forward to the next album. I'm um it sounds like you are too, and you've yeah. got a lot of driving ahead of you. So um, let's hope it's a good one. <laughs> Hopefully, your family like uh, garage, space rock, psychedelic doom. With, well, uh, we'll see. So I Stone was uh, Roses, uh, sort of. <laughs> I was making a playlist for the drive. Right, it's we're looking at nineteen hour drive at least. Right, nineteen oh. hours is what Google Maps tells you without without factoring in one recently potty trained toddler and. And one other toddler who just hates her car seat. Mm-hmm. Um, so two days if we're lucky of driving. Anyway, so so I made the playlist oh. of, uh, of 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 what we're gonna listen to, and I was I was letting you know everybody kind of have a say. Yeah. And my my son went through and was picking his tunes, and he landed on "Black Sunshine" by White Zombie. So okay, I, I don't know how he found it. But he, he did. He was listening to it. He was loving it. So well, okay. maybe maybe he'll be my ally in this. Okay. Maybe you can put um, Jerusalem by sleep on. That'll kill an hour of one of them. <laughs> yeah. <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm. We, we may, I don't know, after this, maybe if we're resilient enough, we'll just drive back to Jakarta. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <The> swim. <laughs> right. <laughs> we'll just put floaties on the side of our car. And... Uh, good luck with that. I, I'll we'll hear about that on your next podcast. But, uh, right. Hopefully, <laughs> in among your playlist, you can squeeze a bit of eschatology. Yeah, I'll get it in there. Somebody, somebody. I, I'm almost guaranteed I'll be doing all the driving. So okay. at some point, every people will fall asleep, and I'll all be asleep. They'll all be asleep and you can yeah. listen to the next Pale Grey Law album. Right, right. Mm. All right, well, let's uh, let's wrap things up. Uh, don't forget, listeners, you can um, contact us um, in a number of different ways. You can email us at un- unshuffledpod at gmail.com. Twitter, we're at unshuffledpod. Uh, we've got a website, unshuffledpod.com, where you can find the show notes and few other things little bios and um bits and pieces so check those out and yeah contact us um be great to hear from you uh and we've got some thank yous of course to uh, small stone who we finally get a small stone record next so that's exciting um mm. they're a great label so i'm i'm looking forward to hearing what this band has done since moving to small stone uh, Seven Planets is the name of the band that you hear in the intro and, again, a little bit in the outro. The track is called Vanguard off their great album, Explorer. Uh, what colour is the vinyl? Have you had a look? Uh, is it uh, oh, oh, I still oh. don't have it. 
I still haven't gotten it. Oh, you still don't have it. Okay. No, 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 no. I'm still waiting for it. Okay. I think it might be orange, but anyway, I'm okay. sure it'll be cool, whatever it is. So, yeah, grab yourself a copy of Seven Planets uh, for a, a very groovy, instrumental-based um, cool band. Check them out on Bandcamp first. Smallstone have a cool, a very good Bandcamp page where you can check out the bands, try before you buy, and then, um, you know, order the vinyl, the CD, and the merchandise from there. Um, and don't forget Australian football. Tune in. Mm-hmm. And enjoy the greatest game on the planet and, coincidentally, the only game on the planet for uh, for the time being. Yeah. And if you can't pick a team, just pick the yellow and black team. They're called the Tigers and they're very good. The Tigers. You're going to link that, right? I can't. Or no, sure. you're going to send it. No, no, no. You're going to send it to me. Yeah. Or, I can put it yeah, in the show notes. Sure. Why not? <laughs> so I can put it all in there. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, safe driving. Thank you. Um, and you as well. You than right. Well, you might be having, as we were talking earlier, a driving trip ahead of you as well. So. I don't know how. For, if you drove nineteen hours on the island of Java, you'd probably drive right around the outside and back, end up back where you started. I don't know <laughs> that I would drive nineteen hours on the island of Java. Anyway, we'll drive about four or five to the south coast and, and find a nice quiet beach somewhere for a couple of weeks. That that right. sounds appealing to me. So yeah. we'll let you know next time we chat where we've ended up. We might just stay here and relax. Who knows? Mm. Yeah. Watch some footy. Mm. Thanks, listeners. It's been a pleasure. I hope you uh, enjoyed it. Um, I hope you listened to... Uh, the Pale Grey Law self-titled along with us and agree with us. We both really enjoyed it and uh, it's wet our appetite, wet with a with a hitch, of course, uh, and we're re- both really looking forward to the next one. Eschatology. Eschatology. And we'll give you a definition of eschatology in the next podcast as well. Mm-hmm. So look forward to that. Tune in. Hear all about Scott's big 19-hour drive. <laughs> Uh, and we'll speak to you then. All right. Cheers, everybody. Thank you. <laughs>